Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have awesome news for you. Bet Online. They continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures with training camp arriving, of course. Well, guess what? Bet Online has opened up uh, odds for team wins, division futures, and of course, the Super Bowl. All you have to do is head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get into the action. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. What's going on, everybody? Paul Bissonette here from the Spit and Chicklets podcast and now the TNT broadcast. I just want to give everybody a shout out and make sure you tune in to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you. Be sure to rate and review this podcast where you get podcasts on your smartphone device. Subscribe to my YouTube channel at Mike L Sports. And of course, at Mike L Sports is where you can follow me on Twitter as well. We are brought to you by Carvel of North Syracuse, Stanley Law Offices, our great friends at Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, and MyHotTub.com. Hey man, go get your brand new hot tub today, delivered right to your door. Or if you're in and around Central New York, stop by the showcase at Destiny USA, MyHotTub.com for more information. MyHotTub.com is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. I am so thrilled to bring on to the program a guy who is so accomplished in the media world. Uh, He served as Senior Director of Media Relations and Council with the Yankees from 96 to 2006. It was a period, of course, that included a run of 11 postseason appearances, six World Series, and four World Championships. And of course, now he is celebrating as the Editor-in-Chief of Baseball Digest, the 80-year anniversary. For more, visit BaseballDigest.com. Make sure you buy the current issue. Head to your local bookstores, pick it up off the shelf, whatever you want to do. It's 80 years, uh, uh, 80 iconic players, and uh, it's, you know, amazing. The cover's incredible from, uh, you know, the likes of Mantle to Musial to Aaron to Clemente to Ted Williams to Willie Mays, uh, Bryce Harper, um, you know, everybody. Mike Trout, it's awesome. And, of course, don't forget that it has that luxurious glossy finish with the thicker body uh, paper. It almost pretty much becomes a collector's item. So go get the last the latest issue, uh, the 80th anniversary collector's issue at BaseballDigest.com. And let's bring in Rick Cerrone, the editor-in-chief of this terrific publication. Rick, how are you? Mike, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I saw you on the Yes Network, and I had to reach out. Uh, you've been so good to me uh, through the years, and uh, you know, going back to your PR days uh, with the New York Yankees and uh, helping me out when I was at Yankee Stadium for uh, credentialed games against the Mariners in 2005, and um, just really great. Uh, you, you've just done awesome work, Senior Director of Media Relations and Council with the Yanks during uh, the heyday, and now here we are, right? Fast forward to 2022, and 
80 years of baseball digest. Unbelievable stuff here. Great cover. What do you hope people, you know, can learn about the magazine during the 80 years? And I know you guys are doing a special list of iconic players as well. Well, Mike, thanks for the kind words. Um, I think what we hope to accomplish is just to celebrate the game and specifically the 80 years. I mean, there's not a lot of businesses, certainly magazines, that are around uh, since 1942. I mean, Baseball Digest is the, the longest-serving baseball publication in the world. Um, you know, we're very proud uh, that this magazine started you know, right at the outset of World War II. In fact, uh, they had to get, I think, like special dispensation to get the paper to put out the first issue. It was almost like the green light letter. Uh, President Roosevelt decreed that baseball must go on. And I guess the, the War Department and the government felt that Baseball Digest needed to start up. So we're really celebrating uh, the game and its, and its last 80 years specifically. And one of the ways we can celebrate it <clears throat> is with just an unprecedented situation with Shohei Otani. Um, I know that he's uh, he's been in, in the magazine quite a bit. Boy, when you watch Shohei, what's going through your mind? Well, it's like nothing we've really ever seen. I mean, you know, when, when this all started, I'm thinking, well, you know, he'll pitch a little bit and, and that'll kind of peter out. Yeah, and me he'll too. go back to being a <laughs> position player mm -hmm. only. But uh, it, it's actually really amazing. And he'll start his second All-Star game this year. So, uh, you know, he's been on our cover, I want to say, at least three times uh, since he's come up. Uh, I think Aaron Judge may be the only player that's topped that in that time period. Um, but he certainly is that, that iconic is the right word, I guess, that, you know, he's the transcending, you know, player that transcends the game that I think the game has long been looking for. I, I find it interesting on the, on the front cover, <clears throat> it says 80 years, 80 iconic players. We unveil the 80 players without whom the history of baseball from 1942 to 2021 could not be told. Pete Rose and Shoeless Joe Jackson remain out of the Hall of Fame. Are you telling their story in Baseball Digest? Well, certainly not Shoeless Joe Jackson because he doesn't fall into the 1942. True. Uh, you know, someone said, how is Babe Ruth not on this list? Well, he wasn't playing in 1942. Right, right. But, you know, we have a, a number of players that have been eligible for the Hall of Fame that for reasons we all know of uh, are not in the Hall of Fame. That does not mean they are not iconic players. Sure. You, you can't tell the history of baseball in that period without Pete Rose, without Roger Clemens, without... Uh, you know, Mark McGuire. Well, McGuire is not in our iconic players. He's in our iconic moments. Bonds. You know, yeah. uh, Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez. Sure. So we were not making judgments. We're saying these guys were our iconic players. Now, history has shown us that they are iconic players who have not been given the game's ultimate honor of being elected to the Hall of Fame, and we all know the variety of reasons for that. You know, we didn't get into any of that. And for our list, they were iconic players, and they're on this list. Um, yeah, I, what I was, yeah, because 80, 40, yeah, 42 to 2021, obviously, shoeless coming way before that. I probably should have phrased it, you know, hey, can you, 
can you are you celebrating Pete Rose in the magazine, but maybe touching in kind of is there a way to weave Shoeless Joe in, you know? Because they just seem to me, Shoeless Joe and Pete Rose just seem like, you know, just neck and neck with, you know, hey, why not put him in the Hall of Fame brought to you by FanDuel at this point, huh? Well, yeah. Well, you know, first of all, let me let me correct an, an, an error that I made that Mark McGuire indeed is on our list of 80 iconic players. And his 62nd okay. home run is is also in our 30 iconic moments. But, you know, we didn't get into that. And, and that argument is really for another day. Um, you know, as much as I love Pete Rose and you, you kind of brought in the fact of, you know, sponsored by FanDuel that game, gaming is a big part of the game now but since the game you know well i don't know when it began but for a very long time certainly since i've been involved there's that sign in the clubhouse if you do this you get this penalty if you do this that that was the rule then and the rule was broken that's the rule today too so it's not like you know so many people say well i guess you're gonna have to let pete rose in the hall of fame now that you're allowing gaming no 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 wait a second if a player bets on his own team right now, he's banned for life. You know, yeah. so it, the rules are the same. I think the water's been muddied a little bit, um, and it's a little bit more challenging, a little bit tougher to navigate. But you know, the rules against gambling are the same. Our guest is Rick Cerrone, uh, eighty years Baseball Digest. Uh, it's out. Uh, the magazine is terrific. BaseballDigest.com. Uh, the editor in chief, and of course, former uh, Yankees. Senior Director of Media Relations and Council uh, during the heyday, 96-2006, uh, a period that was just unbelievable. 11 postseason appearances, six World Series, and four World Championships. And in that, of course, was the face of the team, Derek Jeter. And as we record this, there's a documentary, The Captain, coming out on ESPN. Um, Derek Jeter meant what to the Yankees when you were there? What was your relationship with him like? And, you know, what did he... Up close and personal, you know, how, how did you learn about how much he meant to baseball? Well, there's a lot there. Uh, let me just say that I was honored to be asked to be a part of the documentary. And I was interviewed by the director, Randy Wilkins, for a couple of hours on Derek. And I think the first thing I told to him when, when he asked me about Derek, as I say, people ask me all the time, tell me about Derek. What was Derek like? And the first thing I say is, well, he really had no use for me. And they say, what? You didn't get along with him? And I'm like, no, I got along with him. Great. We were friends and he was great to my family, but he had no use for what I did. He, he did not need a media relations counselor or, or a, you know, a PR guy, whatever, because, and, and I, I stand by this, uh, I was with him for 11 seasons, his first 11 seasons in the major leagues, you know, starting in that spring training in 1996 when I first met him. And in those 11 years, Mike, I never saw him do or say the wrong thing. Yeah. Now, you can watch in this documentary and he'll talk about it, how he handled the, the media, that he didn't really give them anything. But no, he gave them exactly what they needed at that moment. He was at his locker after every game, win, lose, or draw, Um, you know, and he answered every question. Now, did he get in depth about his personal life or, you know, other things? No, but, you know, he really was with all of those stars. He was kind of the face of, of those teams. Um, 
he he was a fascinating person to be around because he handled New York so well. We have to remember he did all this and lived the life of a young single man in New York. And really wasn't in the, t- you know, there, there's no pictures out there of him bleary-eyed at a nightclub or on the curb or something. There was never a misstep. So, you know, he he was an amazing athlete, especially when you consider that it was in New York. No question about it. And, you know, a lot of times in sports, when we talk about faces of the sport, Rick, you know very well that, you know, a lot of times it's the best player. It just happens to be that way. Jeter... He wasn't necessarily the best player in baseball his entire career. I think he was a couple of years for sure. I think 2006, he got robbed out of the MVP. Justin Moore, no one at that year. Um, but he he may be the player who played the most years in Major League Baseball as the face of the sport, as the shortstop of the most iconic, famous team in history, right? And yet not being the best player for, I don't know, 5, 10, 12, 15 years Michael Jordan, for example, we talk about LeBron and Steph Curry now in the NBA, you know, one of those guys, maybe still, um, it's just, it's incredible. The impact he had and not having to be the best, like the, a number one player for the entire 20 or whatever years he played. Incredible. I think he accomplished what he set out to accomplish. He was the best winner. Yes. I mean, you know, you felt really good about your chances with that guy out there at shortstop. And that's why I always laugh when I look at and I hear these Sabre metrics guys or analytics guys and saying he was in somehow somehow an inferior defensive shortstop. His range was limited. I'm not, I mean, did you ever see him make those plays and those throws, you know, from his, from his right? And, uh, I mean, it's like Joe Torrey said many times, you want the ball hit the Jeter with the game on the line. There's I mean, no doubt. Go, you know, here's a here's a, a challenge for anybody. Go find me a Derek Jeter blooper, yeah, where he did right. something comically wrong or whatever. Right. You know, it always happens. But this guy played for such a long period of time, and it just doesn't exist. I can show you diving into the stands and coming out bloody. I can show you the flip play where I was literally 30, 40 feet away from it. You know, next to the uh, to the first base dugout where there's this kind of this walkway from the stands to the dugout. And I was standing there with Reggie Jackson and thinking, oh, my God, he overthrew the cutoff, man. What? What just happened? And, uh, you know, I mean, he was he was the face of baseball. He was the face of winning. And I think that's what I think that's what Derek would be most proud of. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that the people who uh, go against him as a defensive player his best play probably in, in, in his entire career as a defensive play with the foot play. And in addition, I'm with you. I, I think, you know, he was great at charging the ball. He was great at the jump throw. It really wasn't until late, late in his career when the shortstop part of his game started to teeter off a little bit. He was great going to the middle to stop balls, knock them down or get it and throw people out. And of course, he had a million double play partners at second base that people forget about. Uh, as well. Baseball Digest, interesting time that we're in, right? We have social media, we have people reading online, we have subscriptions on the internet, all this sort of stuff going on. How have you as a magazine, you know, gone kind of into the modern era here, 
with, you know, some people just don't get the Sports Illustrated's in the mailbox anymore, right? I mean, that used to be one of my favorite things as a kid, me picking up any any magazine, including ba- Baseball Digest as a kid. People don't do it as much. How how have you, you know, how have you welcomed that challenge, Rick? Well, Mike, it really is a challenge. And, uh, you know, we, we feel our business model is that there is still a market out there for a print publication. When you think of the millions of baseball fans, and I think about this whenever I watch a game and I, I see, you know, they show the stands and I see the diversity of, of, of fans. And I'm like, any one of those people could be buying our magazine, could be subscribing, whatever. You know, we, we, our business model is not that we need a million of these people. We, we don't need that to be successful or we wouldn't be here. But with the newsstand and with subscriptions to the print product, you know, we have been able to stay in the black and we have been able to be, you know, solid and and, uh, and vibrant. Now, we have added an online element in that we make available online a separate subscription to the archives, where if you subscribe to Baseball Digest Archive, you get every issue from August 1942 right up to the last issue of the previous year. So it goes through right now through 2021 um you know we're looking into an online version of the magazine but we don't want to do anything to take away from the traditional print publication because there is still a market out there for it and it is still a vibrant market we're available at most barnes and nobles locations now barnes and noble has 4400 or thereabouts ballpark figure publications in their inventory we're in the top eight percent of all of the publications sales wise at barnes and noble so that should tell you something that there is still a market for a print publication that's great a couple more quick ones for rick Strone, of course the former senior director of media relations and counsel with the yankees during the dynasty years of 96 into the early 2000s and of course now with baseball digest bigger bolder go get it 80 years 80 iconic players as they unveil the 80 players without whom the history of baseball from 1942 to 2021 could not be told you can get it find out more information at baseballdigest.com um rick george steinbrenner i mean I, you know what was the best part worst part about your relationship with the boss you know wow we, we don't have enough time uh, i love the man um, I was a little, I was never intimidated. And I'll tell you a very quick story. I've wanted the job of the PR director of the New York Yankees since I was a sophomore freshman in high school. And that was before George Steinbrenner owned the team. So be careful what you wish for, because you jump ahead 25 years. When I get the job, the owner of the Yankees, my boss is being parodied on an iconic sitcom you know, as a man who fires people like it's a bodily function. And in the 24 or five years that he owned the team before he hired me, he had gone through about 12 very good young men as the PR director. I, I, I think he, the only thing he fired more than PR directors uh, were, were managers. So, you know, but I happened to interview him back in 1977 when I was editor and publisher of my own magazine at the time called Baseball Quarterly. Yeah. And... I'm in his office at Yankee Stadium, which I could not believe. I wore a three-piece suit, uh, and I did this Q&A interview with him after they won the World Series for the first time in 
15 years, I believe, uh, in 1977. And I asked him a question about his management style. And he kind of stopped me and he said, there are two kinds of leaders. Some men are Patton's and some are Eisenhower's, you know, referring to the two World War II generals. And I'm a Patton. And Mike, as I walked to my car in the parking lot, I can still remember thinking, if I ever get this job, that's the way I'm going to play this. He's General Patton, and I'm like a lowly corporal. So I always looked at him as like a general. And I always answered the phone when I knew it was him. Yes, sir. I always started every sentence with him. Sir, if I may. You know, sir, if I can give you my opinion, sir. And then it became, sir, I can't let you do that. You know, but it was always very respectful. And I think one of the gifts that I had, maybe that's the wrong word, but one of the attributes was judgment. I kind of knew what would work, what wouldn't work. And, you know, I'm often asked by people, Mike, do you think you've had a successful career looking back? Well, I had the exact career that I drew up at 14 years old. Wow. Exactly. Um, And it's funny when my high school guidance counselor asked me as a sophomore, what do you see yourself doing when you're grown up? And I told him that I was going to be the PR director of the New York Yankees. If he had said, well, what's your second choice? I'm the editor of baseball digest. So I got to do both of them and and a lot of, a lot of other things. So, you know, I never swung a bat. I I mean, I have four world series rings and people might say, yeah, what did you do to get a world series ring? I did my job. I did my job, and the job of a PR director, especially in this market, is I kept the clubhouse a place where players could come to work, and it wasn't it wasn't the Bronx Zoo, it wasn't there wasn't chaos, there wasn't controversy. The media got what they needed, the players got to go about their business, and it didn't distract from them. So, you know, how many games did I win? None, but I created or kept with my assistants and my you know, and other people on my staff, you know, one of whom Jason Zillow is, is now the Yankees PR director. But we did our job. We avoided controversy. We avoided crisis. Uh, I think I gave good counsel. I don't look back at anything I did and said, man, I really did the wrong thing there. God, that was the wrong, you know, the wrong thing. We shouldn't have done that. Um, there's really none of that, so I'm, I'm very, very proud of that. Yankees in 2022, do you think they can finish the job? <laughs> you know, look, they're going to win the AL East. We know that. They're going to be in the postseason. We know that. And then everybody is zero and zero. Sure. And that's what, you know, Joe Torre used to say. October is a whole different animal. So, yes, they can certainly finish the job, but you got to stay healthy, and they've been remarkable, in my opinion, for them, remarkably healthy. Yeah. It all comes, I mean, everybody's asking me, you know, is this a great Yankee? It all comes down to October. The Yankees do not fly championships for the American League pennant. There's, you don't go to Yankee Stadium and see the 76 AL pennant or the 63 or 64 AL pennant. You see world championship flags. It all comes down to October. Do guys get hot in October or do they get cold or pitchers? It all comes down to October. So, Mike, if anybody tells you they know exactly what's going to happen, they're lying to you. And 
I will simply say they have a heck of a chance. Without a doubt. Final thing in the maybe minute that I have left with you, when people get done with, whether it's the 80-year issue or another issue, under your watch at Baseball Digest, what do you hope people say about the magazine when they get done with an issue? The best compliment I receive is when people call me or like friends, even writers say, and they're reading an article. I didn't know. Where did you get this? I didn't know that. I love that because we try to tell you things that people don't know. Even in those little vignettes on the 80 players, we try to, uh, you know, give you a little nugget that you may not have known about the player. I'm also very proud that we were able to picture all 80 of them back to 1942 in full color. Um, but the other thing is the best compliment I think we received. It's like, this is baseball's coffee table book. This is, this is, you know, there's MLB.com. There's all, all these different uh, platforms where you can get news and you can get features. But this is the one you can hold in your hands and you can look right in your hands at a magnificent photo and some great stats and, and things like that. So I do think there's a niche for Baseball Digest. And when they pick it up in five years, ten years, I'm going to be happy when they say it's still here. Yeah, awesome stuff. Former PR director, New York Yankees, Baseball Digest editor-in-chief. For the love of the game, since 1942, Baseball Digest, BaseballDigest.com. Go get your subscription. Check it out. It's amazing. 80 years of 80 iconic players. And, uh, man, it's just, if you are a baseball fan, this is it for you. Rick Cerrone, you're the best. Thank you so much, again, through the years. And then for this interview, of course, and hopefully I'll run into you down the line at a ballpark near you. I look forward to that, Mike. Thank you so much. Celebrate your whale of a dad with a fudgy The Whale ice cream cake from the locally owned and operated Carvel of North Syracuse. Everything at Carvel of North Syracuse is made fresh, so no matter what kind of treat or design your dad wants, they make it happen. Your dad deserves a tasty treat this Father's Day. Soft serve ice cream, milkshakes, sundaes, shakes, and more. America's favorite since 1934. Carvel. Open seven days a week. Brewerton Road in North Syracuse. Stop in to Today, Fudge the Whale is waiting for you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.